Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily um, good evening everybody and welcome to the first scrutiny committee of this se session of the District Council and the first week conducted by uh, Zoom. Um, I have a number of sort of what you might describe as parish notices to go through but before we do that, Ben would you like to call the roll and can I just point out that Councillor Stora and Councillor Evans have joined the meeting at my invitation, as there are matters which they will find of interest and relevance to their general duties. Alistair, do you mind uh, reading the roll call, please? You're on mute, Alistair. You're on mute. Perhaps I'll do it then. Um, if you could just confirm that you're, you're in attendance, please. Um, Councillor Gregory. Present. Councillor Caton. Councillor Caton's no longer a member. Oh, apologies. Councillor Dean, who's now replaced him uh, since Tuesday. I am present. Thank you. Thank you very much. Councillor Coote. No. Councillor Crisioni. Has sent his apologies for absence. Many thanks. Councillor Driscoll. I'm here. Many thanks. Councillor Jones. Present. Councillor Lavelle has uh, sent his apologies. So, Councillor I'm, Count... I'm, I'm present. Oh, apologies, Councillor Lavelle. Thank you. I did send apologies, but I, I can make it now. Thank you very much. Councillor Count. Agreed <coughs> here. Councillor Reeve. Present. Councillor Sell. Present. Thank you. A full house, Chair. <coughs> Thank you. Um, one small technical point. My participants list covers some of your faces. So um, if I'm ignoring you, I'm not ignoring you. I just haven't realised. You'll perhaps have to raise your hand uh, to attract my attention. Just to go through a few items before we get underway with the formal business. Just to remind you, this meeting is being recorded and is being broadcast for the benefit of members of the public. Uh, Councillor Caton has stepped down from the committee. Uh, we will miss him, but <coughs> very kindly agreed to stay on the parking uh, task and finish group. And I'd like, if I may, to propose a vote of thanks to him. Do I have a seconder for a vote of thanks? Thank you. All those in favour? Excellent. Carried unanimously. Um, 
Just a quick reminder, the terms of this is the first meeting of the session. The terms of reference of the committee are in the Constitution, part two, page 20, for those like me of a bureaucratic mindset. We have a wide ranging set of functions. Um, I often refer to it as being a critical friend of the executive, but our actual functions are far wider than that. And it's perhaps worth reminding yourselves of the nature and extent of those duties when you have a moment, as we have a pleasantly unique position in being able to involve ourselves in improving not only our services, but other services for the public good. I'm going to start with a couple of updates, and we're doing this meeting slightly differently because we found from experience that Zoom meetings have a different dynamic and take longer to undertake than others. So, task and finish group updates. Councillor Christiani informs me that the Section 106 planning group, or the Section 106 working group, is working well and hopes to bring forward its final report soon. Councillor Jones, anything you care to add to that? Absolutely nothing. Jolly good. Uh, Councillor Count informs me that we're making good progress on the major planning applications working group. That's unlikely to be coming forward soon because of the various delays imposed both by, by COVID and Stansted Airport, but uh, making pleasing progress. Anything to add, Councillor LeCount? But we should have something. We've had the PAS report and we're looking into that and it's all going through all the different departments to discuss. So it's all looking good. good. And uh, I'm also informed by Councillor Caton that notwithstanding the fact that airport parking isn't really an issue at the moment, uh, meaningful progress is being made on that. We'll ask for more detailed updates and proper documentation for the next meeting. Um, Councillor Account, you did have outstanding matters in respect of the Airport Trust and the investigation into the broadcast system for meetings. Anything to add to that? The things on that one. Uh, the first one is that the Trust, uh, the accounts are being done now by the accountants which are uh, done with um, uh, Councillor Barker. Uh, we should have information on that and the details of what they're going to do in the next meeting, which I think is in uh, August, isn't it? I think the next meeting we should have. I'll have details of that. Um, but I heard that the airport are actually now not even considering any community trust going forward. So it's all going to be retrospective, really. That's the first one. Second one is actually a little bit on the broadcasting. Um, everything seems to be going to plan. Um, and basically, we did have, we were going to have a review at the end of May um, to look at all what we were doing, how the system was working, etc. That has been rather impossible, actually, because based. We've lost you there, Gary. Hello. Excellent. Right, we, we missed a large chunk of that, Gary. Could you start again from when you were discussing? Um... The broadcast, please. Okay. Basically, as far as the broadcasting is concerned, we were going to have a review 
of the whole system at the end of May, as agreed with, with Adrian and the team of Democratic Services. That has been impossible because we've actually not used the system other than the broadcasting system. Now, the broadcasting system has worked, and I don't think it's actually gone wrong at all with the Zoom situation, which we actually can also record locally as well. So if, unless Ben or Adrian have got anything to add to that, uh, that's my report. Thank you very much. Um, my final point to make is Alistair, who's given wonderful service both to this committee and the council, will be leaving the council next week. And once again, we wish him well in his fantastic new job at Cambridge University and thank him profusely for all his hard work on our behalf. So quick round of applause, please. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Right, we'll move on to the substantive items. Do we have any declarations of interest, please? I'm taking that as a no. Good. Minutes of the previous meeting. Are you content they are a true and fair record and may I virtually sign them, please? I'm taking that as consent. Anybody wish to disabuse me of that? Right, good, thank you. We're making very pleasant progress here. Um, consider any responses of the executive to reports of the committee. Any matters? I'm unaware of them. Ben, Alistair? Good. Any matters referred for calling? Probably worth mentioning here that during the COVID emergency, we have done our level best to avoid calling. We had a situation last week where a matter in respect of fixed penalty notices came to the attention of the committee. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Ferguson for his hard work in establishing uh, the background information to that and to Environmental Health for clarifying it and taking on board our suggestions about how they might, might best support the interests of residents in uh, economic redevelopment as we come out of this particular crisis. Is there anything else anybody would like to add? I'm taking that as no. Thank you, we'll move on. To receive the updated Cabinet Forward Plan. Um, well, I think the honest answer is that having read this document, it bears very little relation to present reality and will be subject to remarkable uh, revision. So whilst I appreciate the fact it exists, one has to raise some questions about how much of it represents uh, anything that's achievable in the coming months. So perhaps if I may, I'd invite either the leader or deputy leader to uh, comment on those observations. I should, of course, stress that um, nothing that's happened recently is any fault of the administration. They're as much victims of everything as the rest of us. Councillor Lodge. You're still muted, John. Councillor Lodge, would you care to unmute yourself? Sorry, Chair, I'm also trying to uh, unmute Councillor Lodge and I'm unable to. Uh, perhaps Councillor Lees might care to uh, take over at this particular moment. I will do my best. 
Thank you. Uh, now, your, can I just clarify? Your question was, you've seen the new revised local plan, have you? No, no, this is about the cabinet forward plan. The corporate delivery plan? No, no. Item five on the agenda. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got all... Look. That's all right. Don't worry. I've got all my papers there. Give me a reminder so I don't have to pull it up. Uh, we receive at each meeting the cabinet forward plan of what business they intend to conduct. Right. And... Uh, it's a standing item. We normally comment upon it if there are matters that are of concern of interest. But... Um, I, th I think we'd welcome some guidance from yourself, and I see the Chief Executive would like to make a comment, um, as to the plausibility of it in the nicest sense of the word, given current circumstances. I see Councillor Coote has joined us as well. Okay, can you give me one minute to pull it, um, if, could, could, would you mind if the Chief Exec comes in and I'll just pull it up on my, on my mod gov? Absolutely, and I Sorry, see... I, wa I, I, wasn't see I wasn't expecting to speak on that piece. So I'll just pull it up while Dawn, uh, the Chief Exec, sorry, and I will follow on, sorry. And I see Councillor Sell and Councillor Dean wish to speak on this matter once. Do. Chief Executive, would you wish to comment whilst uh, Councillor Lees is uh, retrieving her papers? Oh, I was, I was just uh, offering to assist. So uh, the items that are scheduled, uh, obviously, for the 27th of May next week, they are on the agenda. Um, matters around the uh, budget forecast and financial write-off council tax support scheme coming to the 7th of July. The item on the Essex Coastal uh, Rams report, uh, they, they would be expected to be coming to Cabinet. That isn't to say other things might not be coming that we're not aware of yet, but uh, we certainly see for uh, obviously May because it's published and July, we do we do expect those to come forward um, as shown on the plan. Councillor Lees, is, is Councillor Lodge able to join us yet, or is he still having trouble? No, uh, no, it's on. It's I've, I've got it now. Sorry, I'm, I don't know whether you can see me now. We can. Um, good. Oh, you can see me, but I can't see you. Okay, so I'm looking. Um, so I, we don't foresee, we, we foresee to attend to that cabinet issues. I don't see that there are any problems that, that I'm aware of, but I have to confess, I wasn't prepared for that to, to discuss on it. Um, and my mod gov has now decided to keep failing, so it just keeps disappearing. If, if you would be so kind, if you're happy to move on to the next one, or I'll take any questions, if I can answer them, um, and you can wait till I get my ModGov sorted. Well, let, 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 let's hear Councillor Sell's question as he's raised his hand. Okay. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I just wanted to ask about the nomination of Andrews Field Airfield. Airfield. Um, according to Wikipedia, which, which, as we know, is never wrong, there's a plane called mild and bitter, which managed to record 100 missions over Europe by May 1944. So it is a US uh, bomber uh, field. I just wonder, the Council Lodge did report about the Western Braintree being found unsound. If this were to go ahead and it was listed as an asset of community value, what implication, if any, would it have on any revised uh, 
development for Worcester Braintree. Do you, okay, so can I clarify that question? Um, your question is, if it becomes an asset of value, you're asking how will it affect any planning policies or any planning decisions in the future of that area? Yeah, okay. Um, I'm actually not a big fan of planning. I'm not 100% sure really about that. I don't know whether Alan Storer could answer that question for you better from planning terms. I don't think that that is something that one should be looking at when we are considering whether it's a community value asset or not. If I could chip in there, Chairman. Feel um, free my to to that, thank you. My comment to that will be that it will emerge through the local plan should that be necessary. I think it's premature to go into matters of such fine detail when we've, we haven't really started on the plan at all as yet. If I might suggest, Councillor Sell, this is probably one of those interesting questions that comes back to the issues of management and governance of the local plan we'll be considering later. So you might wish to use it as an exemplar uh, in, during that discussion. Are there any other questions or comments on the Cabinet Forward Plan? Councillor Driscoll, you have something? Yes, I would just like to say, I know um, a fair bit about Andrews Field and it does have historical value. It was the first field or first airfield to be built by the Americans when they uh, arrived in the UK. And it was actually named after the first general of the 8th Army Air Force, I believe, who had not long been killed in a flight back to America. So it does have historical value. Thank you. Thank you. Any other? Okay, I've got it now. Any other issues on this particular agenda item? In that case, I'll move on to agenda item six, six which is to receive a report on managing the public health emergency. Um, the infographic attached to the agenda item makes very clear the huge amount of work that's been done by the council and by officers completely out with the normal run of experience and I don't feel I'm adding anything by saying how deeply impressive this is from a standing start and as I mentioned in an email today I hope that in due course we will give appropriate consideration for personal recognition of some of the individuals mentioned. So I'm going to invite the Chief Executive to speak to that. Um, I'm particularly interested, if I may, Chief Executive, in how you found the coordination with other bodies, how you found the Essex Resilience Forum has worked, and how you found the arrangements under the Civil Contingencies Act have worked in practice rather than in theory. I don't suppose any of us expected to be here, but um, this has been a very interesting experiment. Chief Executive. Uh, so um, I won't go into the detail of the report, obviously members have had that, but to answer your point specifically about the partnership relationships and the efficacy of the uh, Essex Resilience Forum, uh, there hasn't been a formal review of the Resilience Forum, although there's been a sort of a, um, um, well, I wouldn't even say midway, but a, uh, a light touch uh, review just to make sure you know uh, that we we're operating 
to the best of our ability. But I actually think um, the uh, Essex partnership landscape is very strong and the Resilience Forum has operated really effectively. Um, we do get uh, updates on the performance of uh, all of the local resilience forums from what's called uh, RED, the Resilience and Emergency Division, uh, MHCLG. So uh, we certainly saw in the early days that we were organised much uh, more quickly than quite a lot of resilience forums. We have invested over the last couple of years, probably more than a couple of years, in uh, a lot of exercise uh, testing and um, building relationships. And of course, the EU exit, which was run through the Resilience Forum, was, uh, you know, there was a lot of planning put into that and some uh, exercising. So I think the Resilience Forum has worked well. We're, we appreciate the attendance on the, on the forum now of a government liaison officer. Um, some Resilience Forums early on were allocated a, um, a minister, uh, and that was partly because of the scale of challenges in those areas and undoubtedly also a sense of the capability of the Resilience Forum. Uh, we have a government liaison officer who comes from MHCLG, but what that what that what that enables us. Sorry, I'm getting feedback. Is that from my system? Sorry, chair. I'm getting. Oh, I was getting. It's gone now. Sorry, I don't. If that was my system. So the the government liaison officer being present enables us to escalate up questions directly into the communities um, department and sometimes get early warning of decisions come, coming down, but not often. So the biggest challenge has been responding quickly and being prepared for announcements such that we do try now to anticipate them because obviously an announcement being made one day of something happening the next day is not overly helpful. So the government liaison officer, uh, they are very helpful to the best of their ability. And that's obviously something the Resilience Forum offers to all, all partners, which we wouldn't have on our own. Um, I personally think it's been chaired very competently. Uh, it alternates between the Chief Constable and the Deputy Chief Fire Officer. I think they have a very good grip on matters and the work is shared out efficiently across all partners in terms of what we call tactical coordinating groups. So we have one on testing, one on death management and a whole raft of others, uh, but it enables the relevant partners to sit around the table, clarify a way forward, get it agreed at the Resilience Forum. So I think it is a very, it has been very efficient and the partnerships the partner relationships have certainly been strengthened through this period, I think. Um, did that answer both parts of your question, Chair? I think it has. Um, I note from our terms of reference that we have a power to review and scrutinise the performance of other public bodies in the area. In your judgment, do you feel that that is a power that we may wish at some time to use or a power that really would not be required? And in addition, are there any areas within the internal workings of the council that you feel may require um, further scrutiny? Uh, your 
your broad and general views on these matters will be most welcome. So, um, so I certainly, I'm certainly uh, very happy to ensure that when the uh, Essex Resilience Forum undertakes its formal review, that the uh, the outcome of that is reported to the scrutiny committee, and then you can decide if there are aspects of that you would like to look at further. Um, in terms of the internal working, um, I, I I wouldn't be sure at this point where the focus might best be served, if, if at all. Clearly, one of the uh, direct concerns we have is the well-being of staff who are working from home and, and were moved very quickly to working from home, and we had to very quickly uh, establish, but we are undertaking a staff survey. We've uh, undertaken some informal feedback, so we've got a sense of how staff are feeling, but we are undertaking a, um, a more quantitative survey uh, from staff to see what's worked well and where we've still got challenges because members will be aware that we will be operating um, in this mode for some considerable time uh, and may never return to what people might call uh, normal. Uh, so we need to be absolutely sure we're doing the best to support staff. Um, so again, happy to report those, uh, those headlines uh, to scrutiny committee in due course. Um, so, and, and I think, and of course we will do uh, an, an internal review. Uh, I think this is the first time the council has operated the instant command approach for some time, because fortunately we, we're not prone to having things like uh, coastal flooding. Uh, uh, that's a common example when our colleagues in other councils uh, have to stand up the instant command. So I certainly think uh, uh, at a later time, they'll, you know, we will be doing our own review and happy again to report that uh, for members to um, establish whether they would like anything further on that. Um, the recovery, of course, is going to be a much longer term programme of work. Um, whether you want to have an update of that before it's complete, because that will be many months, if not years. Again, I'm, we're in your hands. I think perhaps some indication of your proposals would in due course be welcome, but I see Councillors Sell, Driscoll and Reeve are waiting to ask questions. So, Councillor Sell. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. <coughs> thank you, Chief Executive, for your comprehensive report. I'd just like to make a point. Weren't any of their staffs tested positive? And if they were, what support was given to them? Like the population as a whole, we start staff, or some of whom will have health conditions. And would there be then a, a phase return to work for those people? And the last point is, I take your point that you you're doing the review, but at the moment, are there any things that you would do differently were we to be faced with such a pandemic in the future? Thank you. So I hope I got that, Councillor Sell, because I was getting some feedback yeah. again. Uh, so um, I think you were uh, asking uh, what support we give to staff who may uh, test positive. 
So, um, so the support is really, um, you know, uh, very similar to that which we give to staff when they're experiencing any health condition. So we would, of course, uh, ensure that they are uh, taking the appropriate precautions by isolating. We would keep in touch with them, making sure that their well-being uh, is uh, looked after. We have, have a well-being, uh, a twenty-four-seven well-being service that they can contact, which is confidential. And we would, of course, ensure that they are um, they feel fit and well, even though the guidance says that they can return to work after seven days. We would ensure that they are feeling fit to return to work after seven days, because not everybody recovers fully after seven days. It's really we've made the point really clearly to staff that just because you're working from home in the main, of course, we do have some staff who have to come into the office. There are some duties that can't be done elsewhere. And of course, we have all of our street services uh, staff, our refuse collection, street cleaning and grounds maintenance uh, also at work. So but in the generality, just because you're working from home, it doesn't mean to say that you uh, there, there may be times, particularly if you. Uh, are positive for COVID-19 when you feel when you uh, don't feel able to work and we make it very clear that you can of course be you can of course report in sick uh, when you're working from home because quite clearly there will be times when you are not fit to work and that doesn't matter whether you're at work or uh, uh, at home or at work so um, so that's the support we give to staff it's not really any different to any other condition um, pre-existing health conditions of course we moved before ahead of the lockdown to move our vulnerable staff to working from home where they could and where they couldn't uh, they were sent home and of course they have remained at home and if they are unable to work from home they still uh, attract their full salary of course um, so uh, in terms we will follow the government guidance fully uh, as and when we are able to return people to work so uh, anybody who has anxieties about that, we will, of course, talk those through. We will make sure they're comfortable with the um, mitigation measures we will have in place for returning to the workplace. Um, but I don't see that, again, being any different to the support we give staff normally. And, of course, we do have access to occupational health service as well. So anything we would do differently? Um, I think... So I think... Of course, we had not prepared for an emergency such as this. You make business continuity plans and you prepare for a sudden loss of something, a loss of the office, a loss of power, a loss of the IT system, if you are unfortunate enough to have a cyber attack. But of course, you then work very quickly to bring that back on, uh, back on stream. This was much more different. So um, what... It, obviously, if we'd have um, if we'd have prepared for this type of pandemic, uh, then we would have had we would have tested the home working capability sooner. We had to test the home working capability in real time, uh, which of course meant for some staff, but particularly for our IT service. Um, you know, they were extremely busy and we we did have some downtime where staff were unable to log on in the early days. But, you know, in the in the overall scheme of things, I think maybe in any one week we might have had 50 people working from home at different times. And of course, we moved very quickly to over 200 people working at home every day. So had we 
should we have prepared uh, for a greater home working capability? You know, I'm, I'm happy to accept that as a as a uh, as feedback that we perhaps could have done. But I don't think we were any different to lots of businesses uh, in not having tested the extent of that home working capability. We would not choose to have this many people working from home because obviously of the well-being issues that it causes. Um, but, uh, you know, we are where we are. And as you can see from the infographic, I think staff are doing an, an absolutely fantastic job under the circumstances. Sorry, I forgot to unmute myself. Um, does that answer your question, Councillor Sell, or do you have a supplementary? It does, Tim. But my question wasn't any criticism at all. Um, all I'm saying is, is that were we to be faced with another pandemic, uh, what we would we perhaps do differently? And I think the Chief Executive has explained that, so that's fine. I, I, I think the Chief Executive has taken on board the point about we're interested in the lessons learned, but I'm sure we can mimic how impressed the committee is at the performance of the council in these um, interesting times. Um, Councillor Driscoll, you had a point. Yes, if I may ask a question of the CEO as well. Um, again, this is not a criticism, but in the checks you're doing at the staff that are working from home, are you including mental health checks? Having been in a similar situation, but not through a, a pandemic, um, there seems to be more stress when working at home because of the rest of the family around and they still expect mum to, you know, get the dinner and whatever else. So basically, are we doing any specific mental health checks on the staff working from home? So I'm, I'm not entirely sure what you mean specific. I mean, certainly the, uh, the engagement with staff uh, through one-to-ones and through team meetings. I've done staff briefings with staff and I'll be doing what we call coughing conversation, which is a smaller group of staff coming together to talk about how things are. We do them every year uh, in the office. We'll be doing them remotely. Um, so I think in that sense, we're checking in with people. We, we're absolutely saying, uh, how are you? We've, we've, um, we've talked about the fact that some days uh, you will feel more motivated than other days. That's the natural uh, scheme of things. We've given staff assurance around uh, if they're concerned about their productivity because the children... Uh, you know, need more support with their schooling on a particular day than another day, you know, that we're not draconian employers who are behind them with a whip every day. And, and we actually see through that approach that the, the appreciation that staff have uh, to trust them. And indeed, that's one of the things that uh, is reported um, informally is a greater sense of trust to leave staff to get on they know what work they've got to do over a day you know they can organize their time they can um you know uh, they've got greater flexibility so in that sense it's a proven factor that that reduces stress so the more control you have have over your how you organize your work then that is uh, one of the stress factors uh, in the HSE's model, but uh, obviously where people have got more um, control over their work and more flexibility, uh, they are finding that that actually has been beneficial. Uh, 
So we are checking in absolutely on with people and uh, to see how they are. But I don't know if that's what you, I don't know if that's what you were meaning by sort of uh, checks on their mental health. But we we absolutely do check in with them, and we of course remind people all the time of the resources that we have available to them to access support if they need it, and that is confidential support. Thank you, Dawn. Um, it was just I was worried about stress. Um, going back a few years, but we had a guy that had to work from home for a reason, and it turned out it was very stressful, and he had a breakdown. And I wouldn't like to see any of uh, the Uttersford team in the same position. So, so just to add, if I may, Chair, sorry. It's quite all right. Please go ahead. Um, is that... Um, so... Uh, any anybody with a particular reason, so either a mental health, a diagnosed mental health condition, or somebody reporting that they really are struggling for working from home, then of course we have made alternative arrangements for them. So uh, in the event that you know people have expressed and either because they've got a diagnosed condition or have have expressed and are clearly uh, you know finding it really difficult to work from home then, of course, we will make alternative arrangements for them to work. Uh, certainly staff are not reporting stress. I think some of them report it's quite hard to leave work. Um, uh, it's quite hard to separate yourself because, of course, work is in your own home. And for many people, their worktop, mine is on my dining room table, but I'm fortunate that I have another place to eat so I can just shut the door. But if the worktop, if the work... Uh, station is on your kitchen table and the children are trying to work there and you're trying to eat there unless you pack everything up every night and put it away in a box um it's quite hard to separate yourself from that work and we've and and that's one of the things we want to explore a bit more in the questionnaire about what more we can do um i think it's going to be difficult but we do recognize that staff are finding that difficult and we also had informal feedback that because they are, we are all at home 24-7, when does the workday finish? You know, other people might email you after you've finished. That might be counsellors, that might be uh, complainants, that might be other organisations. And was there an expectation that because you're at home 24-7, you are at work 24-7? And we've absolutely made it clear that that is not the case. You know, you, you work your hours and when you've finished you finished and we try very, very hard to encourage people not to keep checking in. Uh, you know, it's not a competition to see who's still online at 10 o'clock at night, which is a culture that can, uh, that can emerge. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Councillor Reid. Thank you, uh, Chair. And first a compliment and then two questions, which I don't need long answers for. Uh, the compliment is just to let you know that at our parish council meetings, I've been going out of my way to say how well the officers have been doing in reacting to the, um, the, the current situation and the speed of their reaction. So just sharing that with you, because it's heartfelt. Uh, the questions, the uh, help to businesses. I've noticed that um, it, in your infographic, it's 16 million. It's sort of been 14 and then 16, but it seems to have stabilised. 
What's the, is, is that going to grow or is that it now? And have uh, all the businesses that need it got the help that they need? So uh, I may need some... Another assist- question could come as well, but the first half. Oh, yeah, yeah. so I, I might need some assistance from Adrian, but that's not the entire amount. And of course, it's grown since we published the agenda. Um, we have a small number of much more complex uh, applications, so which take more time to source the evidence that people have been trading or been trading in those premises. So we have a handful of much more complex where we do need to assure ourselves uh, that we are properly issuing the grant in accordance with the, the rules. Um, and now we have another tranche uh, where the government have given us some discretion around, and that's really because you'll appreciate they had to make some rules, but of course there are always businesses who fall just outside and they've now given us the ability to exercise some discretion where um, you know people don't quite fit, but quite clearly are in need. I don't know if Adrian, if I may chair, perhaps Adrian can. So yes, thank you, John. Um, I think when the money was first allocated to us, we estimated that it's about 20 and a half million we needed uh, to pay out all our businesses. As long as there are still some we're working our way through. I think we're about 18 million at the moment. Um, there are some businesses who repeatedly say they don't want to claim it for whatever reason. Now, we're still working on those because I would much rather they claimed their 15,000 or 10,000 or 25,000 and then they gave it to food bank, for example, um, rather than just say we don't want to claim it. There, there must be better use for it, but they've got their reasons. So we're working with those at the moment. The discretionary is much more challenging because we're only allowed Five percent of the total sum we're allocated to be discretionary, which is up about a million and twenty-eight thousand pounds. We've got an awful lot of businesses that didn't fit within the criteria to get the first tranche. So, bear in mind that was the best part of twenty million, and we've got a million to try and solve the rest. Um, we're trying to come up with criteria at the moment. Uh, Adrian, um, may I interrupt you for a second? My apologies. Uh, ben, I've just had a report that sound has been lost by members of the public listening at home. Yes, that's right, Chairman. I've just, um, I've just lost the stream myself and I was just making sure if uh, I could get it back. Do you mind adjourning the meeting now? I'm perfectly happy to adjourn Thank the meeting. How long, how long would you suggest we adjourn for? I'd probably need five minutes to, to check what's happened here. I thought I was just trying to see if it was my device, but yes, that, that's right, Chair. We will adjourn for five minutes back at 7.46 and then we'll be adjourning again at 5 to 8. Thank you. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
We're live, chat. Thank you to those listening on the broadcast. The broadcast dropped out, and so we adjourned the meeting uh, pending the reason for that being clarified and it being re-established. The broadcast has now been re-established and will continue with the meeting as before. We will be breaking in some eight minutes' time for the um, NHS uh, expression of gratitude for a 10-minute recess. If we could continue, I believe that yes councillor dean is next to ask a question oh so, uh, sorry um i also sorry. had a, sorry, a social sorry. have you still got have we not covered your your matters my apologies not quite yet my apologies. But i'm happy with the financial answer so that that was good and i again congratulations for quickly getting after that well done the second one was a social one, and the, the Community Response Hub, I know, has done a, a tremendous uh, job, and I've got all sorts of local evidence of that, so well done. Um, but my question is, um, and really it's a yes-no one to, to Dawn in a way, uh, uh, we know who we are helping. What confidence have we got that we are getting to the people that might need help? that aren't receiving the help because they're sort of not engaged in some or other way? It's an impossible question, but do you, are you quite reasonably relaxed about that? Uh, sorry, can't quite be a short answer. I, I can't, you know, I can't be relaxed about it because if somebody's, you know, we know the range of issues that uh, many households are, are facing. And if anybody's missing out on the help that we are able to offer, uh, you know, with our huge range of partners, then that would be, uh, you know, that would be tragic. So to the very best of our ability, um, I think we are helping those who need it. But I would urge anybody uh, who has not, uh, who is in need of some additional support to at least make an inquiry through the hub to see what's available, how it works. Um, you know, it really is very efficient and, uh, you know, offers a wide range of support. So, um I would hope we're helping all of those, but of course you can never be, as you as you recognise, you can never be sure. Thank you. Anything further, Councillor Reeve? No, thank you very much, Chair. Alan, can you hear us? I, I just heard you then. Uh, I go. You uh, you wish to you wish to raise a point or ask a question? I'd like to ask. Terribly sorry, Alan. We can't hear you. Alan, you need to unmute yourself. Yeah, I think this is because when you switch screens. The space bar no longer works. I was I was on speech with uh, or unmuted with the space bar, but as soon as I switched to another screen, it probably dropped out. Right. Okay. I'm back to the um, to the the presentation that uh, Chief Executive produced, and most impressed by all the information that we've had. On a on a practical note, on the the right hand column, which is talking about waste collection. Personally, very impressed and pleased that everything has continued as far as I'm concerned in Stansted, let's put it that way. 
I do have um, a question, though. I'm aware that the bring sites, the recycling sites, have uh, reopened this week, both, or is, is it next week in Essex? Anyway, whenever it is in Essex. Uh, and Bishop's Tortford also has reopened. I'm aware that, I'm aware of an incident this morning when somebody was trying to get rid of garden waste uh, in Bishop's Dortford, where the queue was already 25 long at 7.30 in the morning, despite the fact the place doesn't open until 8, so gave up by the end of the day. My, my point is about um, alternative ways of people getting rid of garden waste, apart from those who have regular regular collections, and some can't have regular collections. I have been trying to find out for the last uh, three or more weeks about whether it's possible still to get hold of the garden waste paid green bags that the council certainly used to provide, and um, I haven't managed to get an answer to that. So if, if there isn't an answer available tonight, I'd, I'd just very much appreciate knowing whether they can be made available to people who certainly in Stansted have been asking for them. My, my apologies, my apologies, Chair, I've got to interject. I think the stream has gone down again, so I'm afraid we'll have to adjourn. Um, considering it's eight minutes to eight, I don't know if you want to wrap this up with the um, NHS doorstep clap. Can I, can I ask whether my question at least came through? Your question did come through, thank you, Alan. Um, I think we'll take Ben's advice. We'll adjourn now till 8.05. Okay. Um, thank you, everybody, for being so understanding with the uh, technical difficulties. So, uh, uh, I'm happy to ask it again, but very shortened form. <laughs> so I got it, Alan. I know we're not broadcasting, but... Um, Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Thank you. This is the scrutiny meeting of Uckersford District Council. We've just paused for a brief recess and to ensure the broadcast was again working. We're still on agenda item six, uh, with a report from the Chief Executive on managing the public health emergency, and we're now taking questions from members. The most recent question was by Councillor Dean, and the Chief Executive was in the middle of answering it when we lost broadcast. Chief Executive. So the question related to uh, alternative ways for disposing of garden waste for those who aren't able to utilise the council's paid-for service using the wheelie bins. And Councillor Dean had asked about green waste bags. So um, to my knowledge, we do not provide uh, that facility anymore, uh, primarily because the council's vehicles are equipped for lifting uh, beans and no longer bags. Um, I, I will correct that uh, if uh, uh, I find to the different, but I think you'll find that the options for people to dispose of uh, their garden waste is uh, either for the paid for garden waste service for composting at home, if that's possible, or to take to the household waste and recycling centres, uh, which was referred to. I can't speak for Hertfordshire, but in Essex, uh, the, large, the vast majority are open, um, but the public, I'm afraid, must expect very, very long queues uh, uh, while people uh, decide to catch up on what they have been um, storing in terms of their waste. They are run by Essex County Council, but they've worked closely with all 12 districts uh, to facilitate the reopening. Um, the government guidance is, in fact, that you should only be taking waste that you can not store and which is harmful to health. But Essex County Council recognise that that's a very... If you've been queuing for a couple of hours, uh, that's a difficult message to deliver when you get to the front of the queue to say that you, you can't leave your waste. So they are operating uh, as normal, uh, as a pragmatic approach, but they, there is nothing more they can do, uh, unfortunately, because of the social distancing uh, requirements, uh, then I'm afraid people will have to expect a queue. Thank you very the, much. Sorry, Chair, if I can just come in on this. We, we took the opportunity of getting the answer for you um, while we were on a break. Um, there is no green bag collection service offered at the moment, but we are aware of a number of properties where it is an issue and Stansted has more than its fair share of those. So we're currently looking at ways that we can introduce a service that would meet the requirements of those areas where green, like the green garden bin is not possible. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Webb. Uh, uh, Cam, your question. Can I just say thanks for the answer? Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's particularly important at the moment because, of course, there are some people social, socially isolating can't take their stuff to a site either, so it's sort of aggravated at the moment. But I'll, I accept the answer we've had for the time being. Thank you very much. Thank you. Councillor Coote. Thank you, Chair. I'd like to apologise for arriving late, and I'd have been even later if it wasn't for Councillor uh, Lees. Uh, phoning me because I got completely carried away. So I do apologise to the meeting that I arrived later. It was down to me. Um, but the question goes back to us, please. It's to do with uh, there would be an internal um, inquiry uh, after uh, this is all finished. Two or three questions uh, really about that internal inquiry. One is uh, what would be the terms of reference, or will that come to scrutiny first? Uh, 
Uh, two is how will the, uh, the sort of committee, if you like, or the um, board be made up? Will that be of members plus uh, internal staff or outside? And, and three, really, I would ask that uh, perhaps the findings come to scrutiny first. As you know, I'm a great believer that uh, obviously scrutiny should get everything first after the inquiry has been done rather than try to amend it afterwards. Thank you, Chair. Executive, any comments? So I think uh, an internal inquiry is probably not positioning it quite accurately. Uh, quite clearly, uh, at, at some time, we will do a reflection on exactly, uh, you know, what we did well and what we should celebrate and what we should build upon, uh, wh what we think uh, we could have done better, either with hindsight or, you know, did we miss something? Uh, so that that's the norm. That's the normal process and, and is part of the uh, good practice around uh, instant command uh, and emergency planning, as indeed it is for all project planning. So it would normally be made up of um, uh, taking feedback from key stakeholders. So primarily uh, staff, partners, uh, members. Uh, it's, not a, uh, it's not a statistically significant sort of sample. It's gathering uh, information uh, to inform uh, our learning uh, on how we might do things uh, differently in the future. It's also uh, uh, very much about celebrating uh, what we're doing. The meeting has just dropped out, according to my broadcast. Okay. We have no yeah. choice, Chair. We have to adjourn. We'll have another brief adjournment. Um, I think it goes without saying this is somewhat unsatisfactory, but we are, we are where we are. Gary, manage your blood pressure. My wife in the kitchen is going to get very frustrated. She keeps asking me when we were finishing. <laughs> this is totally unacceptable. We may we may have to adjourn to another evening. I think, uh, I think I, I, you should declare an interest because of lockdown. Alan's been gardening every day. He wants to open his garden to the public. Uh, so he's got <laughs> lots of garden waste that we can't get rid of. I deny that. It's all behind my shed. <laughs> Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been... Thank you very much indeed. Uh, good evening, welcome back to Uttlesford District Council scrutiny meeting. We've been having some intermittent problems with technology of the broadcast. So there have been a series of adjournments and we're now returning from one. Uh, the situation is we're still on agenda item six and Councillor Jones is about to ask a question of the Chief Executive. Councillor Jones, and can I ask if people could be brief in their questions, please, given the amount of time we've lost to technical issues? Can I say, Chair? Chair? This is Councillor Chief. I, I don't really think I was, uh, my question was particularly answered by Dawn, and I think she would agree with that. Because if it was, then I wanted to come back. My apologies, Councillor Coote. You're quite right. I've rather lost track of where we were in the proceedings. Uh, Chief Executive, would you care to answer Councillor Coote's question and then we'll go to Councillor Jones. My apologies to you, Councillor Jones, as well. So I was briefly saying that I think the reference to it being an internal inquiry is perhaps uh, overstating it a bit. It's, a, it's about the lessons learned. Uh, it will be made up of, uh, uh, obviously, um, the officers who've been on the instant command, but seeking feedback from key stakeholders. Um, but as I said uh, earlier on, happy to report the findings uh, to the uh, scrutiny committee, uh, who can then decide whether they want to examine it further. Thank you, Dawn. Uh, Chair? Chair? Yes, Councillor Coote. 
Um, could I just ask to, uh, further to that question? This, these are extremely well time my years, and it was said to me right and proper that we had an internal investigation actually to see where we have done very, very well, which will be most of it. And if we have done anything that uh, we could improve on, that we as a council through the scrutiny improve upon. So I think it should be outside of anything that's occurred um, previously. I think that we should be looking at something more thorough. We will have um, certainly have been very, very busy as a council. I'm sure that our officers and uh, all our staff would appreciate us having a look at what's going on and uh, trying to look at uh, where we can uh, improve anything that we haven't been absolutely brilliant on and to congratulate them on anything that we have. Can I suggest, Councillor Coote, we bring this back as an item to the September the 24th meeting, by which time hopefully we'll have some more clarity on how things are progressing and uh, matters might have calmed down a bit. Would that be acceptable to you? Absolutely, Chair. Thank you. Uh, if you could note that, please, Mr. Orty, I'd be very grateful. Councillor Jones, sorry to keep you waiting. My apologies, my fault. Thank you, Chair. Um, Dawn, thank you very much for the report. Um, it was very thorough. And also pass on my thanks and also the residents of the, my wards for the sterling work that the public-facing and the non-public-facing staff of the District Council have done. Um, I walked around the industrial estates um, in my area over the last uh, few weeks and with social distancing, the businesses that have actually opened again um, have not had, all they had was good to say about how your staff has, 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 has coped with it. <clears throat> I also understand that uh, changing from working from one place to another place within a day can be very difficult and again and stressful. However, the question is, and it may be something that you come back to the uh, another meeting to or an answer to is the the possible traffic management changes within the town centers um i'm obviously speaking really for great dunmo considering that most of the shops cafes etc uh, are on the high street or come off the high street um and in the vicinity of, of it um you don't need to go into great details but the only thing i can think of really would be some form of one-way system through the town centre in order to allow that space for members of the public to be able to walk apart. Um, and the second part of the question is, how long would these measures have to stay in place for? I know that's a bit of an open-ended question, um, but, and you have to rely on um, guidance from central government. So that's it really, thank you. Uh, so uh, uh, my officers are working with all of the town centre, uh, high street, market town, um, sort of representatives, whether that's the bid in Saffron Ward and the town councils, uh, parish councils, looking at exactly, as you say, Councillor Jones, how do we keep people safe uh, outside of shops? Because obviously uh, the shops and other businesses will manage the social distancing within, but then of course everybody spills out. So um, we, we are in, uh, so in collaboration. So we have what's called a safety advisory group for each of those locations, uh, chaired by the council, but contributed to by the businesses, uh, the town councils, the other stakeholders, the police, uh, but also we link into Essex County Council. Um, and we have made uh, requests to Essex County Council to adopt temporary traffic management orders uh, in a number of parts of the district 
in order to secure safe uh, uh, movement of uh, vehicles and the public. They will stay, so they won't, they're not permanent, they can be reversed, they will stay in place for as long as we think they are necessary. Of course, in time, it may be everybody's view that they become permanent because they, uh, they create a better environment for everybody. We, of course, are looking to encourage more walking and cycling as part of uh, the opportunity arising out of the pandemic. So we have put in a, a series of requests to Essex County Council for a number of locations around the district, and I'm happy to communicate the detail of that to members after the meeting, uh, because it, there's a number in different locations. Thank you very much indeed, Chief Executive. I will, if I may, bearing in mind the amount of time we've lost, move on now to item seven, which is the corporate uh, plan and the delivery plan. Um, before I invite the leader to speak to this item, um, perhaps Mr. Webb will be so kind as to give us an update on the financial situation, which of course is the context for all of this. Mr. Webb. Uh, yes, thank you, Chair. So I sent something out to members over the weekend, just setting out where we are at. We've made the second return to MHCLG, and whilst the form has changed and uh, it now talks about the council tax and business rates, the effect on the collection funds, and not just us, but everybody. Um, so there isn't an actual Uttersford figure. Um, when we work back from that, we get an upper figure that we have submitted this month of 5.26 million. So just to be clear to everybody, we have a budget requirement this year, net budget requirement of 13.75 million. And at this point in time, we are forecasting that we are short of being able to fund that by 5.26 million. If I made, uh, Adrian, Ordinarily, of course, you'll probably be issuing a Section uh, 114 notice now. Um, there are doubtless reasons why we're not going down that route. Perhaps you could explain those and perhaps you could explain to what extent we have reserves that will be able to cope or at least re mitigate that situation. As part of the new return this month, government has asked us to indicate how much we have in use. Um, usable, which would effectively mean unallocated reserves that we could then use to help offset the cost of COVID-19 on our authority. We've declared 1.3 million. There are, there is more than that, but at the moment you'll be aware that the strategic initiative fund is frozen pending any uh, appeal by Manchester Airport Group at the airport. And we also have not uh, included the transformation reserve because if we do have to use those reserves to help fight COVID-19 we will not have enough reserves to meet the requirements of the medium-term financial strategy so we will have to transform the way we work so we can't declare that and then need it again later you can only spend it once so we have declared 1.336 million um, yes we're in normal no such thing as normal times but if a council found itself in this position you would expect a 151 officer to issue a section 114 notice, which is to stop expenditure uh, other than essential whilst the new budget is worked up. 
Um, government have clearly indicated at the moment that they request us not to do that while they work through how they can support us. Uh, and at the moment, every authority has stuck to that line. There is no doubt, uh, people will have seen in the press, that there are councils getting rather nervous about that situation. I think, I mean, you know, if someone does decide to issue a 114 notice, that will cause a lot of other Section 151 officers an issue as to whether they should follow suit or not. But at the moment, we have reserves sufficient to cover this year, um, but it will impact on future years. So we really need more clarification from government on where they sit on what they would like to give in future funding. It's almost certain they'll have to give more. County Council Network at the weekend uh, issued a request for £5.1 billion immediately to try and resolve their issues. Um, so it's, not, it's clearly not just us or our tier of local authority that's in trouble with duties across the piece. Thank you, Adrian. Um, I'm going to invite Councillor Lodge as leader to comment on how he intends to deal with this. Um, I do have considerable sympathy for him, as this clearly is not of his making. Councillor Lodge. Uh, well, we don't we don't have the answers at the moment. We're going to have to uh, uh, let me cut. Um, I can maybe incorporate that in what I was going to talk about next on the delivery plan, but it's going to be a case of constant review. How much money are we going to get from uh, central government? Are we going to be able to collect enormous sums that are due to us? So the answer at the moment is I don't know. Sorry, Ben? Apologies, the broadcaster's dropped out again. Okay, well, if this happens once more, then I'm going to suggest we do abandon the meeting as this is a perennial problem. Let's see if we can get it back up. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. My apologies to uh, all residents of the district listening at home. Once again, we've suffered another outage. Uh, we are going to try and continue, but we may be forced to adjourn it to a date next week. Um, these are technical difficulties, and this is the first remote council meeting where we've had this problem, but we're now going to carry on as best we can. Uh, Councillor Lodge was speaking to issues and the financial situation which impinges upon the corporate plan and the delivery plan. Councillor Lodge. Mr Chairman, shall I then? Uh, I think what, what I was saying is, as we uh, lost the transmission was that an incredible amount of uh, the, the decisions that we look at are up in the air. We do not know how much money we're going to be getting from central government. We don't as yet know how we're going to uh, uh, collect money that's due. I think we're aware that one large pair owes, owes us over a million pounds at the moment. So to answer the question that was asked, um, I think the answer is that I can't answer it. I quite understand. Um, I've seen the circulation of the supplementary papers for Cabinet next week of an update on the delivery plan. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look at them. Do they take account in any meaningful degree of the extent of the financial issues facing them, or are they themselves requiring revision? No, they, they very much do. And if, uh, if uh, well, as of when you're ready, I'll address that when we come on to what is formally then the next item on the agenda. Are there any questions on the underlying financial situation for either the leader or for Mr Webb before I ask Councillor Lodge to speak to the delivery plan item. I can see Councillor Sell has raised his hand. Councillor Sell. Um, I was speaking recently to another leader of an Essex Council and he thought that the, there was a chance that the cap on a district council's council tax might be lifted next year. I wonder whether the leader or the director of finance had any thoughts about that. Um, it is it is a point of speculation. Um, it could well happen. It's a, in some ways it's a relatively easy political decision to make. So that you then and and in some ways valid. You you devolve it then down to the individual authorities to uh, to take. Um, funding and political decisions closer to the community. But it's pure speculation at the moment. 
Any further questions on the underlying finances or can I ask Councillor Lodge to continue? Okay, I'll take that as read. Councillor Lodge. Um, thank you. The, um, the, the corporate plan, the delivery plan has been one of the uh, victims of the, uh, of the uh, pandemic, I suppose. You could look, look at it that way. The um, pe people will, will be aware, because I've reported regularly, following the comprehensive uh, corporate plan, the delivery plan has been in process for a long time, and it's a, a really comprehensive revamp of what we aim to do. Um, and really, we were just about there with the delivery plan. I forget the exact numbers, but somewhere maybe the order of 100 individual items in the, in the plan, and we were, we were just about ready to go uh, when um, the COVID emergency uh, happened. So obviously, uh, the, severe, the, the financial impact of, of COVID-19 uh, has required a rethink. You will not be at all surprised that. And so we have uh, then had to have a, a, a major revisit of the delivery plan. And in the last few weeks, the administration um, has, uh, has spent many hours in, in, in going through what was almost a, 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 an oven-ready uh, delivery plan to see what we can do, what we can, what we can keep, what we may have to change, what may have to be abandoned altogether, and what might be financially and organisationally uh, feasible. And those of you who have had a chance to look at it will notice that it does incorporate uh, a red, amber, green uh, status on the uh, mainly in in the final column, so that. Um, you can see where we are. We actually finished this work on uh, Monday this week. And so uh, to, to, to try and get as much pace as we can into it, uh, we published this so that it, uh, it can be considered by Cabinet next week. I think it's the uh, Wednesday night. So um, uh, hopefully we'll get through this and don't have to try and reschedule it next week. Um, it's obviously less than ideal. But it's out there. Obviously, you won't have had time to um, uh, to read it and digest it and have questions for this evening. So um, there will be a chance then for all members to uh, look at, uh, at the delivery plan, to uh, have comments and questions, and then all members can uh, uh, come prepared for next Wednesday. I would suggest that it might be a good way to handle it if it is funneled through scrutiny and through the chair of scrutiny. I haven't individually discussed this with the chairman, but uh, that may be a point for discussion now as to whether you'd like to uh, handle it uh, in, in, in this way. Um, I think, as I've said earlier, the financial situation changes almost daily. And so the delivery plan may change dramatically again. Uh, it's unsatisfactory for us. It's frustrating for us as a new administration who have, have and had plans to do, to do many things. But um, that is the unfortunate position that we find ourselves in. But we've, we've, we've progressed it with as much pace as we can in this environment. So, first of all, you can say comments as to how you want to handle the feedback leading through to Cabinet next Wednesday. And then any further questions. Who has questions or comments for the leader? Councillor Dean. 
Thank you, Chairman. I have had a, a last-minute chance to look through the report that goes to Cabinet next week, and I've got a, a couple of points. Well, I had three, and I'll only mention one of them now. I notice on the very first one, this is a, a local matter. It refers to new operating agreements for Great Denmo and Stansted uh, day centres. Um, there's then reference in the up-to-date situation regarding Saffron Walden and Thaxted and Dunmo, no mention of Stansted. Now, I do know for a fact that there has been no uh, new agreement even considered for Stansted. In fact, I'm told that Stansted has been told that the council doesn't want one at the present time, yet there's no reference to that in the, in the report. It's completely ignored. So I don't... If, if an answer is not available now, I don't mind, but I, I'd like it to be looked into before next Wednesday so that at least the record is clear as to what's going on. Thank you. Yeah, if you can submit that question, we'll, uh, we'll come to it next Wednesday. I can give a bit of information on that now if that would be helpful. Um, it, it's referring to, um, certainly with Dumbo, it's referring to the fact that the lease is um, out of date and um, needs to be uh, redone, so rather than the, uh, the operational arrangements it, it's in terms of the lease. The, uh, the, the licence agreement with Stanford Parish Council um, is in place, which is why it's not mentioned there. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Any further comments or questions for the leader? Okay. Well, in that case, I suggest if things do occur between now and next Wednesday's cabinet, then perhaps if you send them to me and copy them to the leader, we'll ensure they're dealt with uh, in greater detail. And I'm sure everybody will be looking forward to looking through the 31-page document that popped into your inboxes earlier this afternoon. That leads on to the final item on the agenda, and fingers crossed for the broadcast. Um, verbal report from the leader regarding the local plan. Leader, Thank you. Chair, I should try to be uh, brief again. Um, it would appear that the, the LGA have suffered a little bit from, uh, uh, from the virus in their, uh, in their communications. So uh, I think we, we, we have to say that uh, this hasn't progressed as smoothly as we would, would hope, looking for a, a proposal for them. However, I would, uh, would just say we're in an unusual environment. It is only 21 days since, uh, since we decided to withdraw the plan and start again. Uh, but any delay is unacceptable. Um, we have pushed hard, and uh, we do expect a proposal in the next few days. We, we, we do hope to get the first sight of a proposal um, next week after the long weekend. What we aim to do, I think we, uh, we've got to look and bring the scope uh, to, uh, to scrutiny for, for comment. But in outline, what we aim to do is we, are, we aim to ask them to look at the, the plan process. How do, we, uh, how do we go about the uh, formulation of the new plan? Included in that will be the organisation, um, particularly in obviously in, in, in plan policy and how we uh, how we move that forward and particularly of course the the committee structure will will be important and within that some nested in that is that we've got to look very carefully at how we get the full member participation 
and probably even more importantly than that, how we get the full um, residents' participation because we, we, we know the criticisms that we had over, over, over the last uh, few years. Um, also included in what we want them to do, and I don't know whether this is going to be calling phase two, three, four, five, or how many, but also we need to look at the lessons learned, what, uh, what went wrong and what does it show us for the future that we aim to be part of the uh, review. Um, we then want them over and above that to pull together uh, and do work on the overall planning uh, function. We've talked about this for, for some months now and so uh, we aim to have a very comprehensive scope and uh, we hope we'll be showing it to you very soon. Um, the one caveat in this is that we have to bear in mind how much is it going to cost. Um, it could be said we should, we, we're in a situation of essential expenditure only at the moment and that's what many councils are positioned that they're in and so we have to do what we do in the light of all of that. But um, apologies for the delay. It would have been nice to have done it uh, faster than this but uh, we will have that uh, that, that uh, report very soon. Thank, uh, th thank you, Leader. Um, before we go any further, it's three minutes to nine, so I need formal approval to continue beyond nine o'clock. Do I have that from the membership? I'm taking the raised hands as general assent. Thank you very much indeed. We'll continue beyond nine o'clock. Um, I'm going to invite Councillor Evans and Councillor Storer both to make any comments to supplement what Councillor Lodge has said and to raise any additional issues that they think are relevant in relation to the local plan. Um, I've heard what Councillor Lodge says about it being three weeks since the extraordinary council meeting, and I appreciate these are very difficult times, but it is some four months since we've had the inspector's letter. Councillor Evans, would you like to go first, then followed by Councillor Stora? Uh, thank you. I've just put myself on to unmute um, locally, so I, I guess uh, um, that's um, been operated by Ben as well. Um, looking back at the inspector's letter of the 10th of January, as you say, it's uh, several months now since that letter was written, uh, and it, was, uh, it contained the verb concerned on so many occasions that I started but gave up counting. But I think there are many lessons to be learned uh, from uh, that local plan. Uh, failure. Uh, one obviously is in respect of garden communities and only this week have we seen uh, another uh, concept of garden communities uh, fail um, as a result of the uh, North Essex um, local plan report written by Inspector Clues. So there are general points of a w much wider nature that we would be needing to look at in the future. Uh, but on a micro level, there will be, I think, also uh, matters that we can attend to, whether we can attend to them uh, by way of improvement without uh, significant or indeed any uh, real expenditure is something that we would like to look at. Uh, but uh, I think from a personal point of view, without uh, having taken any um, external advice, I think that greater dissemination of our uh, evidence base in future will be desirable and I think for us to have, for example, a specific local plan website uh, would be uh, and I would be a desirable uh, aim uh, where all our materials can be more easily accessible and certainly searchable 
uh, in the past, that was not a particularly easy task for uh, the um, developers to undertake and certainly not for uh, uh, non-professional uh, users of the um, previous website. Uh, project planning will also come into mind and also in relation to your question, Chairman, about cost. Uh, historically, I think it was not the case that costs were uh, easily identifiable as the local plan work was being undertaken. Um, the figures were available um, on a semi-annual basis, but not um, particular drill down was not particularly easily achieved. Uh, again, uh, subject to further work and advice on this, uh, I would think that it would be desirable for um, costs incurred to be available on a quarterly basis. That would be rather consistent with a business-like approach to a major project. Again, uh, I think uh, lessons um, learned by some of us uh, members from industry and the professions can be brought to bear uh, with a view further to supporting our officers uh, rather better uh, hereafter. Uh, the uh, commitment and involvement of members across the district will in future be essential if we're going to carry our residents with us into whatever decisions we ultimately will make. I think that that would require, as far as possible, cross-party uh, support. Uh, and uh, I would, um, again, personally, subject to further views being expressed, uh, hope that it will be possible for that uh, degree of commitment that I just described to be attained by means of roadshows going out, whether that be virtual or physical in due course, uh, into the uh, parishes and into, the, into our two towns, uh, and for us to be conveying messages uh, and descriptions of what we're looking to achieve and the problems that we're going to be facing uh, by way of uh, webinars and so on. Um, there were, there were um, delays uh, in the past when it came to submission of uh, evidence uh, and in relation to your particular ward, Chairman, uh, we know that the uh, report from our heritage consultants was delivered extremely late uh, and uh, in several uh, portions. Um, the performance of uh, consultants and experts whom we would wish to retain in future would be a matter, I think, for careful uh, and thorough um, constructive criticism from uh, the members of whichever body it is, uh, which will have um, the carriage of the uh, plan. Uh, and I think that that would be uh, a very important function uh, of that body, whatever it might be uh, called and whatever, however it might be made up, quite apart from uh, the function of this particular uh, committee. Uh, but uh, in uh, a brief over uh, helicopter overview, those are some of my personal thoughts um, currently, which I hope might be of some value to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Councillor Stora. Thank you, Chair. As Councillor Lodge pointed out, it's three weeks since we decided uh, to pull the plan on the, uh, pull the plug rather, on the draft local plan. Three weeks, 21 days. Nothing else has happened since then. We need to move on this plan. 
we need to get it right as well. It won't be easy. But in three weeks, nothing has happened. I've heard Councillor Lodd say earlier this week, and I know it's not his fault, he was expecting to hear from the LGA in a few days. Well, a few days have passed, we've heard nothing, and now we're talking about next week, hoping next week. We need to move on this now. And I would suggest um, two things we need to consider. One is how the council is going to go about producing the plan. If we get an input from the LGA, fine, but I wouldn't want that to necessarily determine what we do. That's down to us to determine what we do with the assistance and guidance of our officers. Now, we have capable and competent officers um, that could utilise um, the information that is available, readily available, to discuss with us how we progress, how we start to progress on this plan, which to my mind is the most difficult step to take. How on earth do we go about it? Which, which direction do we go off in? We've got to determine that first of all, or possibly second of all, because the other thing we have to do as well is to decide how we're going to manage it in terms of committees, our input. Did it succeed before? Was it done properly? Could it have been done much better? I think the answer is yes. And again, I think Council Lodges intimated that uh, earlier on this week, and there's plenty of scope to improve that, to involve the public in a different I mean better, but I'm going to say different for the time being, manner, so they are engaged with us to produce a plan which benefits uh, the district or uh, and its current and future populations. Three weeks have already passed. We're talking about possibly some information next week, hopefully. That will be four. And then we consider whatever the LGA put forward. I'm conscious we need to move on this. Uh, we can't be hanging about. I don't want to get it wrong. We've got to consider it seriously. But I think the scope for involving all members uh, as best we can with guidance, assistance from our officers to get us moving in the, in the right direction or think about which direction we want to go in. And then for us to determine how we want to govern the way in which we oversee the production of the plan. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Councillor Storer. Councillor Dean. I, I'm interested, Mr Chairman, in what I've heard this evening, but I find it a rather strange sort of um, discussion for, for a, a scrutiny committee. I mean, normally a, a scrutiny committee would receive something in writing and we would then uh, in interrogate question make suggestions to whoever the um, member of the administration is who is uh, uh, responsible what i'm getting at is that i don't think this particular discussion will get us anywhere tonight uh, and i think you know that those who are in the driving seat need to come 
forward with something that, if appropriate, we, we can, as a scrutiny committee, get our teeth into. The reference was made by Councillor Lodge to a report from the LGA. I'm unclear whether that report was commissioned and that there are terms of reference for that. I mean, if there are, then this committee could have been sent the terms of reference as part of the meeting pack and we could have taken the discussion from there. But I mean, I think at the moment, and particularly at this time of night, with all the interruption we've had, it's probably not uh, uh, the right place to be um, trying to sort out clearly, you know, a mountain of work that needs to be done. I'm not denying that in any way, but it's a case of where is the best place for this discussion to take place. And I'm not sure it's after nine o'clock on the at a scrutiny committee meeting, which has had nothing presented to it other than verbal um, comments and opinions from three members who aren't members of the committee. So it would be a bit of a stick in the mud there, but I, I think there are ways of going about things. Um, I take your point, Councillor Dean, but I think there's probably an alternative interpretation that we're fulfilling our duties by pointing out that we are concerned at the lack of robust documentation. We're concerned that we haven't as yet seen terms of reference. We're concerned about the delays to this matter and we wish to see those resolved. So the absence of documentation is in itself a form of scrutiny which we wish to have addressed. And I'm sure that Councillor Lodge will be making every effort to bring back before our next meeting, which is the 25th of June, um, some detailed and considered plans. And I'm enormously grateful for the um, wise and clearly well thought interventions from both Councillor Stora and from Councillor Evans. Councillor Count, you uh, wish to speak. I am muted, I'm, I'm muted, I'm, I'm, can I talk? Can you hear me? Excellent. Okay, this is, this is interesting because I really actually listened to Councillor Dean and I sat for two years on a scrutiny meetings and I got 15 pages here of all the things that we should have done. Uh, and basically, we did very little. I'm sorry, Councillor, but that's the truth. I sat through all of those. I sat through one meeting where we discussed for an hour and a half what we were going to discuss at the next meeting. So I think what we've got to do, give us time, give us time to be able to actually come up with the right solutions. Listening to Councillor Stora and Councillor Evans, they've got some great ideas that we will have a new plan, a new team and a new day. But give us time because I spent two years listening to this stuff and I certainly don't want to listen to this stuff again. So. I'll rest my case. Thank you, Councillor LeCount. Um, I think we have to be very understanding towards the administration officers. We've praised them to the skies under agenda item six for dealing with this astonishing set of events that have happened over the past few months. So they are entitled to our indulgence on these matters which are perhaps not being dealt with as rapidly as we would hope. Um, that said, I would very much expect that these items would be resolved uh, as far as is possible and certainly with a great degree of granularity by the time we meet next in June. 
in two specific ways that we will see substantive governance proposals for taking forward the local plan with budgets, timelines and deliverables. And we'll also see uh, proposals for the review of what went wrong and where the six million pounds went. So um, I take both Councillor Dean and Councillor LeCount's points, but um, I feel in these circumstances, we can be a little bit more understanding than we perhaps might ordinarily be. Councillor Sell, you wish to speak. So thank you. I, I agree with what you just said, Chairman. Um, I, I'm unclear at the moment what is the role of scrutiny. What I'm concerned about is I, if we have a policy planning working group or whatever we is chosen to be called, I wouldn't like to see us duplicating its work uh, because I think that would be not a good use of time. What I do think is I totally agree with Councillor Storer that we need to make movements. The majority of members are new to the council, new to local plans. It's unfortunate we've got lockdown, but we do need briefings. What I'd like to also hear from, not next month or whatever, but sometime this year, is those who've got it right, those councils in their area who've got their local plans approved, what did they do right? What lessons can we learn from them? So rather than focus all the time on what we did wrong, what about those who got it right? What was, was there anything common denominator or were they just lucky with their inspector? Once again, a good point. I think the role of scrutiny in this particular context is pointing out that we do need clarity. And that when that clarity comes, it'll be a matter for us to determine whether we think it aids the process and whether we think the structures set up are fit for purpose and then to hand them on to those structures for their implementation and management. Councillor Lees. Yes, thank you very much, Chairman. Um, if I may just say gently, um, I don't want to say about the three weeks or any of that, um, but this is a huge thing. And I understand that people are incredibly keen to go forward. I get that. But you know, to go forward well, you need excellent preparation. And Councillor Evans and Councillor Stora are looking into that preparation. Councillor Lodge, has co we've contacted the LGA, who will come back with a report. The last thing I want to think is that we've got something long ahead of us is because of people's desperation to move, and I'm usually quite impatient, we have to get the beginning absolutely right. It's, you know, of course we're looking at the end. So it would be foolish, wouldn't it, to get a report, um, get reports from people, investigate, and we haven't really still looked at it right to come back and say, oh, well, people want us to put something forward, we must put something forward. Um, I think we have to accept here, we wanna get it right. And if you want to get something, the outcome right, the ingredients and the method have to be right. And we've got to get those ingredients ready before we start. I'm not saying for a delay, but I'm just saying, and I understand the need for written reports, Councillor Dean and, and Councillor Sell, and even written reports for this evening. But people would have spent time writing those reports, telling you that we haven't really got a lot to report yet, that it's still in the melting pot and waiting. I know the councillors are working really hard, but we must get it right. So please bear that, you know, we've got, to, we've got to get it right. So going slowly, 
may be the right thing at the beginning. There's nothing to say that once we've got the starting block ready, that we can't run fast, but we need to get it right from the start. Uh, a very, very good point, Councillor Lees. I think to reiterate my previous point, I can understand why we'd wish to be very indulgent on what has happened to date, but uh, I think there's a very strong case that the pace needs to be picked up, and I hope that whatever mechanism the executive chooses to go through, whether it's with the LGA or uh, other mechanisms, that those are addressed rapidly and in some uh, detail. Councillor Jones. Um, I just want to really say that I, I think um, having um, a lot of new members to this council is actually a bonus for Councillor Sell. It brings in new ideas, fresh approaches, and um, we don't look back to the past. Um, we, we just look to the future. Um, somebody bring my phone in? I, I believe that uh, it is an unusual time and, and I, I, you know, I do feel sorry for the executive, to be honest. Um, but a question I do have is probably for Adrian. Um, we we start, start the beginning of the meeting really, especially with, I think it was 0.6, um, the finances side of things. Now, the local plan is going to cost money. Uh, and so with, with our financial constraints and, and going forward with uh, constraints that we didn't have before uh, the COVID-19 crisis, how will that affect uh, the delivery of the plan? Thank you, Chair. Uh, I think, um, well, we have money set aside for the local plan this year because clearly they would have still needed work even if it got carried on. Um, so there is budget there. We need a timetable, which will be one of the early things that I think the administration will come up with of how the local plan will move forward and then we'll, we'll allocate the money around that timetable. But um, there, there is a budget this year. Clearly, I would hope that we won't spend all of that this year. And we'll, but we'll come up with a timetable that works for the administration. Any further questions, Councillor Jones? No further questions, Chair. Thank you. Councillor Coote? Yes, uh, thank you, Chair. It was really just to make one or two quick points about scrutiny and uh, our role. I found it a bit, um, I suppose, strange is the right word. Uh, because I, in a lot of ways, I, I actually agree with uh, someone I don't usually agree with. This doesn't seem to be a very um, scrutiny-type debate. We seem to be going over ground that should be dealt with at full council, uh, should be dealt with um, at committee level or executive level of what they're going to do. At scrutiny, we should be looking at what's happened, not what's going to happen. I appreciate the uh, input of Councillor Evans and Councillor Stora, and of course, the leader telling us what was going to happen. But we haven't, there's nothing for us to scrutinise. And I find it, Chair, uh, through you, quite, um, <laughs> I, I've never sat on a scrutiny like this before where we debate what's going to happen. What we should be doing is looking at what's been written, what the, uh, what the evidence is, where we're going, uh, helping to that to be better. That's what scrutiny is about. And then looking forward to what we're going to do. It just seems to me, I have to say through you, Chair, that um, I'm a little bit uh, perplexed that uh, in future, I would hope that uh, scrutiny does its job, which is to look at what's going to happen when it's written down, where we're going, what we're going to do, help through our ideas um, to make that better propositions, better motions, better way forward. Not to debate what 
the administration or anybody else in officer terms is going to do, but to make sure that we are scrutinising. And I don't think we're scrutinising at the moment. I have to say through you, Chair. I think, think you're quite right, Councillor Coote. Um, these unprecedented times have required all of us to adapt our behaviour. And in a perfect world, we would have received uh, some substantive proposals by now on which we could carry out our proper role. In the absence of that, we've had to remind uh, the executive of what we expect on the timetables which we expect them on. But, you know, your, your point is accepted without reservation, Councillor Coote. Um, I have Councillor Storer wishing to speak again, then Councillor Lecount. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I agree entirely with what Councillor Lees said. But what I don't want to do is wait until we get whatever we're going to get from the LGA and then think, what do we think about this? I would rather we had some guidance and tried to get our, our own heads around how we're going to go about this now so that we have something to consider it against, to, something to compare with when the LGA does eventually report. I think that will help us rather than just possibly be almost, I don't really mean this as well, but bounced into something which we otherwise wouldn't have considered until we get it. I'd far rather we had our own individual thoughts and then can be impressed or unimpressed by whatever the LGA say. So I, I would look to continue or continue to look to moving ASAP and then just taking whatever anyone else says, our officers and of course the LGA on board in due course. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much indeed. Councillor LeCount, and then I'm going to call this debate to a halt. Why is a very simple one, quite simply, if we take on the people, the two wise men, it's going to cost us money. Uh, we don't know how much money that is. I do believe it's up to £100,000. Uh, I'd just like to ask Adrian Webber a question, and that is, what's the last date that the Stansted Airport can actually put in for an appeal and therefore able us to release £1.7 million back into our budget? Uh, it, well, it wouldn't be putting it back into our budget because it has specific um, things that it can be spent on. So there are criteria around this. Here. But I believe, and I'm going to be corrected probably by Dawn, um, but like six months from the date of rejection. So I think that was the end of January, wasn't it? So I think that would be the end of July. Correct. Dawn? Yeah, so it's six months from the date of the issue of the decision notice. So it wasn't the committee date, but it was, uh, I don't, you know, it was some a little time afterwards because it's actually when we issued the decision notice. So uh, after, a, a little bit after the committee. So, but it is six months, yeah. Just a quickie question then, quickly Dawn and, and Adrian. So therefore, once that's finished, that 175 can go back in and help us with the two wise men and the local plan? Uh, not strictly, no, because there are criteria for the use of the SIF and neither of those would fit the criteria as they stand at the moment. So the, re the reserve that's been frozen is the strategic initiative fund for which there was a purpose to spending it. Uh, but Adrian, uh, 
as the 151 officer had to advise that we needed to retain that as a contingency for that. But once that contingency is no longer needed, it returns to becoming the strategic initiative fund. And as Adrian says, there, there are set criteria around the use of that. Thank you very much. Oh. Thank you very much indeed, Councillor LeCount. Um, if I may summarise, uh, Councillors Sell, Dean and Coote have made very good points about the fact that we're not carrying out our traditional function of scrutiny here, and those points are well made, and we will take them on board. Um, I think, however, we do have to take great account of the uh, exceptional circumstances we find ourselves in, and the uncertainties that those have caused which has caused us to be a little bit more flexible in the interpretation of our duties to make sure that things happened. Uh, Councillor Stora and Councillor Evans have been enormously helpful in outlining some issues of process. Um, the, the actions really lie with the executive and with officers to bring back by the time of the next uh, scrutiny meeting and ideally beforehand, uh, clear and detailed proposals on both criteria, the management and governance going forward of the local plan and how we intend to go about that, and how we establish the lessons learned from the failings of the previous plan. Um, those are matters for of management prerogative and it's not for us to intrude. It is, however, for us to say that we expect those to be brought back, as I've said, in a timely manner. Um, does anybody have any final comments they want to make on this item before we to bring the meeting to a close. I'm taking that as no, in which case um, I'm going to thank you all both for your forbearance in dealing with what's been a very difficult meeting in terms of technology and a, an interesting meeting in the extent to which we've had to uh, deviate from standard protocol because of the circumstances we find ourselves in. We meet next on the 25th of June. Uh, we will be arranging an informal meeting of members of scrutiny beforehand, immediately after the agenda setting meeting, to discuss items of relevance and to ensure that we're making the right progress in the right direction. So I look forward to welcoming you to that. And with that, if nobody else has any other points, I'm going to call the meeting to an end. Thank you all very much indeed. Thank you, Chair. Well done. Thank you, Chair. Well done. Yes, Chair. And by the way, the, uh, the books you recommended are very good. Uh, that's Richard, not me. <laughs> <laughs>